welcome to Flock Tales, where we drink and talk about birds, mostly. I'm Kristen Brum. I'm Maya Pershy. I'm Jen Schneiderman. And I'm Ashley Ola. And we are your four resident bird nerds, and it is 2021, bitches. Woo! Sup? (laughs) Kristen, what were you... What were you saying just a moment ago about the Muppets? Ah, I was Muppet really... Treasure Island. What about it? What a great movie. So Jen has this oh, yeah. beer called Cabin Fever. <laughs> Delicious. And I was just wondering, because it popped into my head immediately, the song Cabin Fever from Muppet Treasure Island, which is easily the best Aww. song in the movie. It's really good. Can confirm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've ever seen this movie. Ah, oh, it's a good one, movie man. night. Okay. Yeah. It's so good. Is it on the Netflix? other good one? It might be. Netflix party. Woo. The other good one is the one I forget what it's called. It's like um it's the one with Jason Siegel in it. Oh I don't remember what that was. I think it's just called. called the Muppet movie, the newest one. Okay. The newest one is not part of the title. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. It should be. <laughs> it's so good. I guess Jason Siegel cried when he first heard Kermit like speak lines that he wrote for Kermit. Aww. And I just think that's adorable. That's, that's really so heartwarming. Because he wrote and directed it too, and he's like, I love Kermit. Oh. Okay, I, I cannot one. find Muppet Treasure Island on Netflix. <sighs> Damn it. Bastards. Netflix, get your shit together. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep but yeah dude the newest one and then the fucking original is those are oh. probably my two favorite muppet movies oh and the christmas carol i think that's the only muppet movie <laughs> i've seen is the christmas one isn't that with michael Caine? isn't he scrooge yeah <laughs> he's so good <laughs> does he does he bring the michael Caine commitment to the role oh a hundred thousand percent oh good <laughs> wait have you not seen it jen no, I haven't seen the oh, Christmas one. It's so good. There's so many good Muppet movies. Oh. I know. What's the one where Kermit has an evil double? That one's so good, too. Oh, I don't know. I've never seen that one. I don't know. Kermit gets kidnapped by his evil twin and sent to a like Russian gulag prison. And the <laughs> warden is <laughs> Tina Fey. <laughs> I think, and she what? says good night to she says good night to all the prisoners, and she's like good night Skull Crusher, and then at one point she's like good night Danny Trejo, and it's just Danny Trejo, and he's like good night. That's hilarious. I think I've seen commercials for that, but I don't remember what it's called. That's amazing. Or if you've seen the meme with Kermit, and he's looking at another Kermit with a hood on. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's from that's from that movie. Oh, dude, gotta see it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so I, I I have a sorry. Go ahead. I I oh no, you're good. Who doesn't love the Muppets? Is all I gotta say. Bad people. Yeah, only Muppet haters. Um, and that's puppetist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Fuck off. We don't support that. <laughs> Flock tails. <laughs> Fuck right off. <laughs> <sighs> okay, wait, Kristen, what are we talking about today? I forget. <laughs> it's totally gone. We are talking about Chickadee Mayhem. This is the origin of the t-shirt on our website, which hopefully you've already purchased because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's comfortable. And so soft. Oh my gosh, they are really comfortable, actually. I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so today we are talking about all things chickadees, and not only chickadees, um, I guess our North American listeners are probably super familiar with the idea of a chickadee, but they actually, so chickadees belong to the family Paridae, which in North America are chickadees and titmice, but members of the family throughout the rest of the world are mostly called tits. <laughs> we're gonna be cracking up this entire episode because of that <laughs> such a great choice <laughs> uh, does it does it what 
Doesn't tit just mean small, though? Yeah. Like, didn't it originally just mm-hmm. mean small? In British English, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Which is fitting, because they're small. And also, they're, they are Very cute. cute. And there's they're so cute. There's a lot of tits. <laughs> <laughs> there sure are. Yeah, dude. There are over sixty species in the family Paridae, which is cool. I didn't write down how many genera there were, but there's a lot. Um, but there are only seven species that we call chickadees, which is uh the genus Po Poiso? Poso? I don't know how you pronounce uh, it. Poso. Yeah. I believed it. You did great. <sighs> Should have just said it more confidently. It would have been fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the ones that we have where we live here in Wisconsin are the black cap chickadee. Do we get Carol? We get Carolina chickadees, right? Occasionally, no. Just Carolina wrens. Just Carolina wrens. Carolina so. chickadees and black caps meet probably several states south of us. And to the east. Yeah. Yeah, like Pennsylvania, I think, right? Is mm-hmm. there where the line goes? Okay. I've lived mm. in places with both, and now I don't really even think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so black cap chickadees, Carolina chickadees, mountain chickadees, Mexican chickadee, gray-headed chickadee, boreal chickadee, and my very favorite, the chestnut-backed chickadee. Uh, mm-hmm. Because yes. they are the best They're chickadee. They're super, super cute. They're so, so cute. cute. Oh, they're so cute. Mm. We clearly don't love birds at all. Not at all. Hate them. <laughs> <Hate> em. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. So we also have titmice in North America. Um, that's a different genus. Another great name. Also named for being small. Actually, I think both parts of their name come from small. Mm-hmm. So they're oh, small, small, small. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our new name for titmice. Small, small. 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 <laughs> tufted There's small, a flock small. of gray small smalls over there. <laughs> the gray small small. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah, so tufted titmice are little gray birds with a little crest. Oh, which is just the cutest little crest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's also several other species of tits that have crests, which is cool, but none of them are in North America, so I've never seen them, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn um, it. I know. Get it's, over here, bastards. It's not too late. I'm you gonna go to them. You forgot the rest of the tits. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mention all of There's so many. Um, they're so but cool, But they also though. have little cresties. They and do. Yeah. yeah. They're all cute. Google them. Yeah, go- they're so good. Google that shit. They're adorable. But maybe put <laughs> bird after it so that you don't just get pictures of human tits. Unless that's what you're into. Well, now I just have. I feel like you're spying on my computer, <laughs> Ashley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever you feel like doing in your own time, Jen. I mean, thank you for not judging all of the things that I Google that are exceptionally weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's no judgment. This is a judgment-free zone. I'm a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So most of the tits live in the forest. <laughs> They're forest-dwelling <laughs> birds. Most are cavity nesters, which I think one of the most impressive things about this family is that a lot of them actually excavate their own cavities despite being super tiny. And that's just really impressive to me. Uh, tiny tits! Play in the dirt! Yeah, dude. And in the wood. Mm-hmm. Tits peck in the wood. <laughs> so impressive. Dig up some wood! Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, a lot of these species are insectivores, but they'll also eat nuts and seeds. And as we're going to find out later, they can be pretty generalist. We'll talk about what they eat later. Uh, a lot of them cache food items and can remember where they stored thousands of items. And if this is sounding familiar, it's because after corvids, tits are like one of the most highly adaptable families and some of the smartest birds. Mm-hmm. Not quite as smart as corvids, but they're cool, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I detect I think- a hint of judgment in your voice, Kristen? I mean, it's not judgment. There's just, you know, I've got a little hierarchy going on in my brain, and I think the Corvids are still winning a little bit. <laughs> Objective truths are not judgments. 
Ashley. <laughs> it's not judgment. <laughs> it's, it's a hierarchy. <laughs> Said it. <laughs> objective truth. All of our listeners are fantastic. Aww. Another objective truth. The rest of you are probably also pretty great, but you haven't listened to us, so there's just an inherent hierarchy. Yeah, just a bit of a hierarchy. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> totally fine. The world is divided into those that listen to flock tales and those that do not. Yeah, very mm-hmm. clearly. Mm-hmm. I heard cool people and way less cool people. But mm-hmm. but well, not well. Is it way less or is it? cool potential people yeah they got that potential mm. energy mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> but low kinetic energy oh uh, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> not to get all physics on everyone because of my extensive physics that's background that's about the only thing I remember from physics class <laughs> <laughs> chickadees and tits and shit they are cool we used to teach them in birds class as the little party birds because i feel like chickadees always want to come and like check out and see what's going on and they want to be involved maybe they just have the worst fomo of all the species i don't know but they're Mm -hmm. super curious which is really fun if you're a birder i guess i'm paying attention to them they're territorial during the breeding season, but they'll often join mixed species flocks or kind of like be the leaders of those mixed species flocks during the non-breeding season. And so they're known to associate with nuthatches, woodpeckers, kinglets, creepers, warblers, and vireos. So if you're ever birding in the winter and looking for like some cool migrants, uh, or maybe more like the spring and the fall, <laughs> cool <laughs> migrants, definitely follow those chickadees around because other birds like to pal around with them because they're the fun party birds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for black-capped chickadees, researchers have actually found that flocks will usually contain like several mated pairs and then also non-breeders, but they usually don't include the offspring of those mated pairs which is kind of a cool oh. little social dynamic they like kick their kids out <laughs> <laughs> um oh this is really cool so black cap chickadees have been shown to have fission fusion societies which has been found mm-hmm. in a few other species too and also in things like elephants which are super intelligent uh, and this basically just means that flocks will split into smaller groups or just to individuals, and then they'll reunite later with the same individuals, so they kind of know each other. And within those flocks, there's usually kind of a dominance hierarchy, speaking of hierarchies. <laughs> and, uh, and so some birds are floaters, and they might actually have a different rank within each of the flocks that they associate with, which is kind of cool. Like, they know their place based on which individuals they're with, which I think is just really incredible and smart. Yeah. Okay. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was chickadee vocalizations. They're really impressive. Chickadee calls are complex and they're language-like and that they communicate a lot of information within like one little call. And information about the nature of predators is actually encoded in the alarm calls of chickadees. So... These researchers conducted experiments with captive chickadee flocks where they exposed them to different predators. And basically what they ended up finding is that the number of Ds in a chickadee alarm call, which maybe we can like play one in the podcast or something once we put it up. Um, I want to hear you do it. <laughs> chickadee dee dee. <laughs> that was great. Yes. It's not very that good. That was so like, good. Really fierce expression for that too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was growling. It was beautiful. <laughs> I felt it. Thanks. I try. I was channeling my inner chickadee. Uh, but yeah, so the number of D's in the alarm call is correlated with the amount of danger posed by the predator. So more D's means that the predator is more dangerous. And so kind of similar, I guess this has been found in vervet monkeys as well, which have different alarm calls for like a snake versus a leopard. But the chickadees really like theirs is even more complex. Um, And so smaller hunters, things like screech owls actually pose a greater threat to chickadees than something big and scary like a great gray owl. Mm. Uh, mostly because of maneuverability like a screech owl is way more likely to be able to catch a chickadee 
And so chickadees are much more likely to mob something like a screech owl. And so there's a lot more Ds associated with an alarm call for a screech owl than for a great gray owl. Hmm. Ah, okay. And the last cool thing is that a lot of those birds that associate with chickadees in mixed flocks actually respond to the chickadee alarm calls as well, even though they don't have a similar alarm call. So there's like communication going on between different species of birds in these mixed flocks. And the other birds know to pay attention when the chickadees are like, fucking watch out, there's a fucking predator. All the birds are like, oh shit, I heard you. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. That is so cool. Uh, Cool birds. Cool, cool birds. Is this for all like chickadees and titmice and tits? Or is it like, yeah, is it across for the whole... Uh, as far as I know, this study that I was looking at was done with black-capped chickadees, so mm-hmm. I don't know how generalizable it is to other species. I would imagine a lot of other species have similar behaviors. I know totally. tufted titmice give a similar DDD call to chickadees. I don't know about mm-hmm. other species, but... And in case you were wondering, chickadees got their name because they do the chickadee DD thing, and when... European settlers moved here. They were like, yeah, that's what I'm going to call it, because that's what they sound like. Mm-hmm. It's oh, onomatopedic. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> is the word. <laughs> also, I apologize. Olive says that it is dinner time, and so she's been yelling. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olive, I agree, man. <laughs> yeah, I usually <laughs> yell when it's dinner time. Yeah, <laughs> Maya's pretty sick of it, but <laughs> yelling. I would. I'm surprised she's not yelling with you. <laughs> Depends on the day if our feeding oh. schedules have aligned or not. Yeah. <laughs> Depends if we're a mixed flock in the kitchen that day. Or not. <laughs> I just imagine. I, I imagine you have a giant food pellet dispenser right now. <laughs> Our feeding schedules. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, yeah, John man. was really confused when he came home for the weekend. We were both just screaming for food. <laughs> <laughs> With Milo and Lenny, just everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck is dinner? <laughs> Did you did you pick up your food bowl and throw it at him? You seen those dogs on the internet that like oh, will pick up their food yeah. bowl and just toss it and look at their Ooh, owners. Yes, they're, Charlie, they're so good. Yeah. Those are the best dogs. Charlie doesn't pick it up, but he he paws at metal bowls when they're on hard floors. Mm. Oh, that's a and good. Makes obnoxious strategy. noises. Woo! Take it off. Damn. <laughs> oh, she can't even hear me. No. <laughs> That makes it a lot better. (laughs) I took my jacket off and it's a strip tease, apparently. Yeah, you couldn't even hear our reaction. (laughs) I couldn't. I, I, uh, well, don't worry. You know, later. I was going to say, when I edit later, I'll I'll, I'll hear it and I'll decide how embarrassed I want to be by it at the time the the answer is not embarrassed at all yeah but. <laughs> it's like i know the answer already we've we've all taken like road trips together i'm pretty sure we've all seen boobs before as well just like in our lives well i mean anytime oh, that we general... take a shower we see boobs so exactly i can't even be alone in a room with myself <laughs> <laughs> Do you call yourself mother? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. I mean, there's no other option. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's very psycho in the house all the time. Norman Bates over here. What has quarantine done to you? It's been rough. It's been real rough. (laughs) Oh, my God. Shit. After we're done recording, I will give a private strip tease. It's not for our oh, audience's ooh. ears. I can't wait. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Who's next? Wow. So chickadees. Is it me? Am I next? <laughs> I'm next. We're talking about tits, Maya Jesus. Woo! Yeah, dude. <laughs> Tit time. <laughs> Okay, so I have a 
a myth I'm going to tell you about. And it's it's really cool. It actually really creeped me out this summer. And then I realized today that it has chickadees in it. And I was like, oh, perfect. Um, but it's a, it started out as a Cherokee legend in um, like the Blue Ridge Mountain area. And in school, because it like references different mountains that you just notice if you're there. Um, but it has to do with a, an ogress named Spearfinger because one of her fingers <laughs> is just a spear and she's Wait. gnarly as hell. Yes. Is an ogress a female ogre? Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. Just mm. double checking mm-hmm. my terminology. I'm ready. Sure a is. Spear for a finger. Okay. Yes. And she, her only food source uh, was human livers. And so she was pretty, <laughs> pretty terrifying. Very Hannibal. Right. So specific. Yeah. The nice Chianti, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) She did a lot of impersonating specific old women. (laughs) Wait, what just happened? (laughs) My beard just almost came out my nose. That was great, Jen. I I did. Jen made a very (laughs) silly noise. No, I made the noise from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, dude. It's the noise. I haven't seen it's it, so I don't. It sounded silly uh. to me and slightly creepy, but yeah, it's yeah. super creepy. It's hella creepy, isn't it? Like I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, gross. Yeah. Uh, so not Sorry. only was this ogre terrifying and had a spear for a finger and uh eating human livers she also had stone like for her skin and so no one could kill her and she would pretend to be like old women that people knew so she would go to a village and just look like someone's grandma and then trick the little kid into hanging out with her and then make her fall asleep and then stab her with her finger and eat her liver no so truly a menace yeah, hell yeah. Oh my god. That gave me chills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love stories. Absolutely. She specifically hung out in places like the Nanahela Forest, which is, well, so the name Nanahela means noon, noon sun, I think. And you can only see the sunlight at noon in these really deep ravines. So it's this really like spooky, dark forest. Now it's full of scary people i believe <laughs> so oh, no. it was very fitting to me that she was a nanahela character um <laughs> so eventually she got close to a village one day and some people were like oh shit like this you know spear finger is around like watch out what are we gonna do and they were like well we're gonna dig a pitfall trap so they dug a big hole in the ground and covered it with branches and stabby things and then they saw her walking down the trail and so they hid and as they were watching her, they realized it was actually just an old woman from their village. And they were like, shit, oh, oh my no. God, she's going to fall in the trap. And so some of them oh rushed no. out to try to save her. It was this big thing. And in the midst of it, she did fall in the trap. But no. at that point, it was very clear that she was Spearfinger because she, like, you know, ripped off her disguise and was this horrible creature, like, screaming, uh, lashing uh, out with her little spear. Or I don't know if it's oof. little or not, but it sounds, t- like, scary as hell. So she's doing that. And um, they're trying to, like, shoot arrows at her, but she has stone for skin, and so they can't kill her. And they realize there's a bird that's talking to them. And this bird uh, is telling them to aim for her heart. And so they do, but nothing happens. And so they grab the bird and are like, you lied to us. And they cut off its tongue. And uh, this is a tufted titmouse, by the way. So they cut off its tongue, and so now it can't really, like, make its full call anymore because it has a shortened tongue. And they're like, oh, like, you you lied to us, and they threw it away, and it flew, um, what's the phrase in here? Um, like, it flew out of the world. It left the world. And Yeah, I fucking would, too. Fuck that yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And as a result of that, the titmouse that we know now is only an image of the other. Mm. Whoa. Whoa. Crazy. Wow. So just let that sink in for a minute. So 
Holy shit. Exactly. Uh, then, <laughs> meanwhile, another bird, the black-capped chickadee, or maybe it was the Carolina chickadee, doesn't really specify here. Uh, this chickadee flew over and was like, actually, you do want to aim for her heart, like the titmouse was saying, but her heart is in her hand where the spear is. So they started yeah. shooting arrows at her hand, and eventually they got her heart and she died. And so wow. ever since then, chickadees are known as truth tellers and they can see the future and they're associated with like clarity and thought and intelligence. Mm. And that is true in Cherokee culture and in a lot of other indigenous cultures too, which oh, is really no. cool. But fuck those people that cut out the tufted oh. titmouse's tongue. Yeah, I know. Kind of harsh, right? <laughs> Poor yeah. He was trying. I know. Yeah, had the right message and everything. <laughs> Pretty gnarly. <laughs> Stupid humans not understanding what this bird was telling them. Exactly. Also, so I got this book when I was working in North Carolina and I was camping like often by myself in places like the Nanahala Forest. And I was like, oh, I'll just read some like local <laughs> legends. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying i actually just stopped reading it till i like was no longer there <laughs> oh my god yeah they're all just super morbid and lots of lots of tongues cut out lots of people wow. stabbed <laughs> really wow damn yeah well, this is the same forest right where the the dude who bombed the olympics and like was it 84 i think right? so somewhere oh, in the 80s yeah yeah that guy hid out in that national forest for like months. really yeah there's like a huge fbi manhunt there's a mm -hmm. whole show about it Damn. it's called manhunt <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna talk about some more s s mischievous things yes. <laughs> that chickadees and titmice and tits are kind of known yeah. for um <laughs> hey tits are the original party bird you said so yourself oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about this amazing tit party that was a craze throughout england <laughs> <laughs> um okay so you may have heard about this before um but you may not have so that's why i'm telling you about it um, so I'm going to talk about two species of tit that were both found in the UK. Um, one is called the great tit. Don't yes. Google that without the word bird in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I almost made that mistake when I started out as a grad student and I didn't. And Ashley, I think you were there right next to me and you were like, you should put bird in there and i was like yes i should yes Thank you. especially because we were on our computers yeah <laughs> terrible googling accident it was wonderful um so in the early 1920s maybe as early as the 1910s um but it really started being documented in like 1921 um people started noticing so i should back up people had milkmen during these times like people that would go to your house and like really early in the morning just like drop off your milk for the week basically milk. and then you would leave out the bottles milk milk we have a thing about dairy products on this show i'm realizing i think it comes yeah, from wisconsin that's true america's dairy air uh, oh god <laughs> i mean dairy land <laughs> no it's better the first time <laughs> yep it is um. <laughs> okay so uh so people would like go out to um get their milk or milk <laughs> for the week Ugh. and uh they started noticing so the way that milk not milk milk <laughs> Um, the way that milk was delivered, um, people would also get cream. Like their milk wasn't separated into like whole milk or skim milk and cream. It was like all together in one bottle and the cream, because it was higher in fat would float to the top, um, of their bottles. So people started noticing that there were holes that were poked 
in the top of their bottles, and all of the cream from their milk was gone. <laughs> like a cream vampire. A cream vampire! A cream pyre! Oh, that sounds bad. Oh, that sounds really bad! Oh, no. <laughs> Whoa, that got R-rated real fast. <laughs> I mean, X-rated? I mean, we were already talking about tips, but you just took it to another level, Jen. <laughs> I foresaw a lot of like boob and tit jokes for this episode, but I did not see that one coming. Yeah, that was that was Which pretty is amazing. So maybe what she said. <laughs> I I was just gonna innocently take two words, a cream vampire, and put them together, and now it's turned into a weird sex thing. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. So yeah. so these uh, people were wondering where their cream went. <laughs> After the rampant cream pyres were just <laughs> running around England. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. There are cream pyres everywhere. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay so in this town called Swaveling in Hampshire especially this was happening in like 1921 um and the residents were like what the fuck is happening and the milk people were like I don't know I deliver your milk like <laughs> Normal. I don't know why your cream is gone. I'm not a cream <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you never know because you could be the milkman's kid, right? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> There's too many. There's too many things here. This is a loaded conversation. <laughs> Just wait till we get to the episode about boobies, everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, oh my god, I fucking love boobies. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> okay. So everyone was wondering what was going on, and some people went out early in the morning and basically, like, saw that there were these birds that were eating all of the cream out of these milk bottles. And it was wild because this has never really happened before, even though there had been milkmen there for decades at this point. Um, <laughs> but, um, it was, uh, in this town, it was, I believe it was Great Tits. Um, <laughs> so, I'm trying so hard, I'm sorry. <laughs> do not apologize, it's amazing. Oh, it's been such a shitty day, this is so good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so, these Great Tit Cream Pyres. <laughs> would pierce the foil caps because, like, there wasn't plastic caps at this point in the 1920s on milk bottles. It was just a foil covering. Um, they would pierce them with their bills, and then they would just eat the cream off of the top. And this behavior was really concentrated at first into this town of Swaveling in Hampshire and spread insanely quickly like all of a sudden over the over a period of i think less than 10 years um all of a sudden people all over the uk were having their milk cream stolen by these great tit and blue tit creamed cream pyres <laughs> um, it's a cream caper <laughs> and it was a really interesting phenomenon and it was also so curious because these species, these individuals were learning how to do this, not from, they weren't like, each individual wasn't figuring it out. They were learning culturally how to do these things. And there's a series of studies that took place in the 1980s. One of them was with um, black cap chickadees in 1984. Um, Sherry and Gollif, um, basically looked into, like, 
how it was being learned like if it was transferred from individual to individual or if it was cultural transfer of like chickadees um so whether or not it was like chickadees observing other chickadees doing this behavior or if it was learned from like a more communal sense i guess um i'm slightly fuzzy on exactly how they tested for it but they found that it was cultural transfer not necessarily like individual uh, individual mimicry or like things like that that was only in the case of black capped chickadees though for great tits and blue tits i think if i recall correctly that um it was both mimicry and cultural transfer because all of a sudden all of these roving flocks of chickadees were like just doing this whole thing where they were robbing humans of the cream in their milk bottles um (laughs) which is really cool and also super (laughs) mischievous which i really enjoy and it caused a lot of mayhem until people (laughs) figured out what exactly was going on um yeah so and it's kind of like it doesn't matter as much anymore it's like a really cool phenomenon but Obviously, most people don't get their milk delivered right to their doorstep by milkmen anymore. And even if you do, it's unlikely that it has a foil top and more likely that it has a plastic top. So you probably don't need to worry about cream pyres right now. (laughs) At least not chickadee ones. (laughs) At least not chickadee ones. I don't know what you do with your personal life. I mean, yeah. I certainly don't worry about them. Maybe you should. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a good story. Okay, well, we're going to switch from vampires to zombies. Um, Yes. yes. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about how great tits eat the brains of other animals. (laughs) They eat my brains every time I see Uh, some. So, uh, historically, <laughs> Kristen's losing it. So, my brain is thinking of all the dirty things and it's not okay. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> you need to say them because I can't read your mind. I'm surprised you can at this point. <laughs> I'm not living with you, so maybe we, <sighs> maybe yeah. when we start the commune someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one collective mind. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so there have been historical accounts of great tits, um, which is a species of uh, chickadee, basically, that lives in northern Europe and forests there. Um, they've been observed sort of like throughout history of when, you know, since people have been observing birds and writing stuff down, basically. Um, they've been observed killing yellow hammers, which are sort of like little, um, they're almost like goldfinches, but they're in the sparrow family. Um Common red poles, uh, gold crests, which are, if you live in North America, gold crests are basically a European version of, like, our ruby crown or golden crown kinglet. Um, They've also been observed eating the brains of great tits, like, other great tits, um, mice, cannibals, picking at bones and flesh of, like, dead cows and things um as well as eating the fat and flesh of dead hanged people back when that was still a thing why um, oh my god and oh my they god. they also raid the food caches of other tit species that live in the same area so like um i think it's marsh tits mm. and blue tits will cache food and the great tits which are a little bit bigger will like steal their food from their caches um what the fuck yeah so they're sort of like the baddies um yeah yeah (laughs) not so great yeah um i mean like even here in north america like chickadees you'll see them visiting like deer carcasses and stuff especially in the winter to pick like Mm -hmm. suet and fat off of them um i mean it's Mm -hmm. like a really easy source of food and calories if something's already dead sitting there and you can just pick the fat off of it um and like they eat suet right we put suet out for birds and that's rendered animal fat and they love that um it's it's normal for even birds that tend to eat insects or plant material to eat animals um, or animal pieces. But uh, they're opportunistic. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Wait, I was reading in the winter, chickadees will eat like 20 times the amount of food that they eat in the summer just to stay warm. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. They're so tiny that they have have to eat so many calories to maintain their body temperature. Thermoregulation is like a huge energy suck. Mm Mm-hmm. I am going to put out so many more mealworms because the chickadees have been all over it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but great tits sort of seem to take this to the extreme almost. Um, there have been some recorded instances of them killing bats in a few caves in Northern Europe. Um, so these bats hibernate in caves. <laughs> and then when they're waking up... <sighs> from hibernation they're really like slow and lethargic as their body temperature warms up and so these great tits will go into the caves and pick up these bats and they'll either in the cave or carry them away to another branch they will peck open their skulls while they're still alive (gasps) and eat their brains oh Oh my god oh my god and um, this has been happening for like over a decade now. Uh, great tits only live on average like two or three years, so this is like multiple generations of great tits that are doing this in the same caves. Wow. So wow. the Wait, researchers did, is this like a new? Um, so it's been nope. like historically, people have noticed this. I think the earliest one I saw was like eighteen ninety nine, maybe. Um, but in this one Hungarian cave, it was first like documented in nineteen ninety six. And it's been continuing since. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Yeah. And so it's likely cultural transmission. Like this local population of chickadees is learning from one another in some way that these bats are easy to catch and peck their brains out um, in the winter. And this wow. is like scientists did experiments. Um, it's basically it happens more often when the food supply in winter is really scarce uh they provided extra food for the chickadees in the form of bird seed and bacon and then mm-hmm. they <laughs> the chick the tits ate fewer bats that like those years when they were provided more food um mm-hmm. and they also like played the calls that the bats make when they're waking up from hibernation and the great tits also responded to those calls which is super interesting because prior to this sort of like study, um, people tested like the range of frequencies that great tits could hear. And these bat calls are at a higher frequency than had been scientifically established that great tits can hear. So they still are responding what? to these bat calls. Um, so that's like huh. actually pretty cool. Just sort of figuring something like that out. Yeah. Do you think they just didn't, like, care to respond before? Well, I think part of it might be the way that they tested the hearing of the great tits in whatever study that they tested it, like, before this point, right? Mm. Um, Like, why would Mm, anyone suspect that a great tit would respond to a bat call until someone recorded them eating bats, right? Um, Wow, that's wild. And so that also sort of, like, points to this like idea that yes it's not just opportunistic they're actually responding to the bat noises and going there to get the bats as a source of food um and basically they just eat the brains and you might be wondering why just the brains well brains are super fatty they're all fat right um Mm -hmm. and so compared to the rest of a bat the brain is like the most high calorie part especially in winter when you're um, you know, looking for a really high calorie food supply that's easy to get. Mm-hmm. Um, you might also be wondering how a check a, ch- a chickadee or tit could peck open the skull of something. Um, Ashley, that's... tell us how tits peck. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Um, so all of these critters that bird that the great tits have been like documented eating the brains of have they're small right so they have little brain cases little skulls that are not very thick um but great tits can crack open really hard shelled things like acorns and hazelnuts and um sunflower seeds which are you know just as hard or harder than the skull of a another bird or the skull of a bat and so they Wow. Have no problem just pecking open a skull, hitting the same spot over and over. 
until it cracks open. Oh my gosh. So tits are hard peckers. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. That's what I got from this. Yes. Um. <laughs> but this... Oh, <coughs> oh God, I'm dying. I swallowed some stuff. They're not <laughs> just oh, brain eaters in the winter. Um, they also <laughs> eat the brains of pied flycatchers during the breeding season. Those are so much bigger. Wow. Well, pied flycatchers are actually smaller than great tits by a little bit, not by much. Oh. Um, Googling. Oh, Googling. I thought they were no. bigger. I'm sorry. I think I'm thinking of wagtails. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so great tits, um, like most of the sort of <laughs> so round. <laughs> yeah. So great tits are resident species where they live. That means they don't migrate at all. Um, most chickadees and tit mice. And other tits are like that. They can switch between eating um, more insects in the spring and summer to seeds and acorns and dead animals in the winter. Um, or even living animals. <laughs> Apparently. Um, and so they don't have to leave their breeding territories um, like the pied flycatchers do, as you could probably guess from the name. Pied flycatchers mainly eat insects. Um, and so they migrate to Africa every winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, normally, historically, because pied flycatchers migrated and great tits didn't, their breeding periods didn't overlap. Um, and I should say that they're both cavity nesters, so they compete for, um, holes in which to have their nests during the breeding season. Jen, <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> but you you might have heard of this little just this little thing called climate change um ah yes no big deal right um so i heard that was a hoax i don't know where you all are at on that yeah um so much sarcasm right now. in case you didn't know we're being super sarcastic about that climate change is real it's not fake it's happening and it's horrible um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. climate change uh-huh. has been causing um pied flycatchers to arrive on their breeding grounds earlier in the springs oh. um mm. And this happens more often in years when great tits delay their nesting due to it being a cold um, spring. Uh, the pied flycatchers have no way of knowing that because they live in Africa in the winter. Um, so they just sort of like mm-hmm. come back when they're sort of programmed to come back. Um, and so if the great tits delay their nesting by just a little bit, um, so they push their breeding time back, and then the pied flycatchers are arriving earlier. Their breeding periods overlap now, and so there's more competition for these nest cavities. And so the pied flycatchers are coming back, and they're like, hey, I nested in this hole last year, right? But it's already occupied by great tits. Um, in mm. a normal, like, historically, the great tits would have already nested, and like their chicks would have been out of the nest and the pied flycatchers could use some of these holes, right? Um, mm-hmm. But the great tits are a little bit bigger. Um, they have these beaks that I already talked about that are capable of cracking open skulls, just like they can crack open acorns and hazelnuts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they also have, um, so they're a little bit bigger and they also have very strong, very grasping toes. And once they're in this, once the pied flycatcher and the great tit are in this cavity, right, they're, like, checking it out and maybe fighting, the great tits can just, like, hold the pied flycatchers down while they ah, oh my God. peck their heads open and eat their brains. Um, oh, fucking metal. shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, from the great tit standpoint, right, the, the pied flycatcher is coming in and trying to occupy this nest in which they already have eggs or chicks. Yeah. Yeah, um, right, right. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, But the someone, like, the scientists started noticing that this was happening. And they're like, okay, well, let's, like, start studying this. They found that great tits killed nearly 10% of the returning male flycatchers wow. in a year. Oh, my God. In some years. 
That's a lot. Um, Just in years with the climate, like, particularly lined up for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, That's insane. So, but most of these flycatchers that died were sort of, like, surplus breeders. Uh They were normally (laughs) males that arrived later and didn't have mates yet. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they're sort of, like, sometimes people will call them, like, floater males that don't have, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. a mate or anything yet. Um, So currently it's not really affecting the pied flycatcher population in, like, any way. Um, Of course, many other things are affecting all sorts of bird populations, including climate change. And as climate mm-hmm. change continues, who knows what will happen. Um, and it's just some of the researchers that were like uh, quoted in this article were basically like, you know, it's really interesting. You would never think that climate change would mediate this sort of like behavioral, behavioral interaction between these two species. Um, and, you know, researchers mm-hmm. great tits are studied like ridiculously a lot by ornithologists mm-hmm. they're like sort of almost one of our model species yeah they're definitely a model species mm-hmm. especially for urbanization too yeah um so mm-hmm. they're like basically studied to death so people started noticing this and like researching it and that's one of the main reasons why it's like known about and related to climate change and stuff um but yeah so great tits are brain eaters um mm-hmm. yeah and i did uh, i looked on youtube and people have like some videos of them killing like um especially the uh, one that i saw on youtube was a uh, great tit killing a common red pole just like the red pole was feeding under whoa. a bird feeder minding oh, its own business and this great tit just like comes out of the air and pounces on it and just like <gasps> eats its brain um i also saw another video of a like three great tits killing another great tit and then eating its brain um so yeah they're mayhem definitely and murder fucking monsters jesus yeah tit mayhem murder or tit tit murder mayhem or some shit like that (laughs) Dude, great tit behavior is so fucking cool. Right? I know it's violent, but like, oh, it's wild. Yeah. And you thought they were cute, innocent little birds. I mean, if you looked at a picture of a great tit, you'd be like, oh, they're so cute. They would never like mm-hmm. yeah. assume that they eat brains. <laughs> yeah. Eat yeah. brains while the thing they're eating the brain of is still alive. <laughs> Yeah. That part especially really fucking weirds me yeah, out. Yeah, it does. Like if you kill it and then eat it, that's its brain, that's one thing. It's like you eat its brain while it's alive. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a line. <laughs> that's a line to cross. It doesn't have to be dead to start eating it. Yeah, right. Ugh. It just has to not be able to get away from you. This is a serial killer. Yeah, she's what I'm hearing. No. It's like, I gotta study great tits at some point. They're so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone <sighs> should study some great tits. Yeah. Uh, study uh. that shit up. <laughs> study it up. As long as it's consensual. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yeah. 100%. Well, thank you everyone for listening to our, our <gasps> very, very professional very scientific (laughs) (laughs) very um uh what's another word for like filled uh tit filled yes thank you for listening to our tit filled episode that's usually what i mean by professional (laughs) yeah yeah i mean absolutely everything i do is tit filled Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) except that it's not I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna comment. Yeah, it's uh, really better that way. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it's different when it's somebody you knows tits versus the great tit. What if it's someone that you knows great tits? Well, that's just not fair because tits are just great in general. Like, yeah, like there's not a bad tit. Mm, they're only great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that's not you know. That's not a fair question. The premise is flawed. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so we hoped you learned something about some great tits and chickadees <laughs> and tit mice. <laughs> and blue tits. And blue tits. Oh. <laughs> oh, the best. Um, let us know if there... Let us know if there are some bird tits that you want to hear yes, about. Yes, please do. That we didn't please talk do about. Please do not send us pictures of your personal human person tits. Yeah. Don't do that. Human like, person. <laughs> We're not into it. <laughs> Wait, have you all seen, maybe I sent this, like the artist who draws birds with tits like, yes, yes. Oh, they're so incredible so good i'm all about those maybe i'll link to it on our web page if that's not inappropriate it's so cool oh well do we want it for this one or do we want it for our boobies episode oh, maybe both do Why they not both do they have do they have a picture of a of a, t- a great tit or chickadee yeah there's with- a gr- i think oh it's either a great tit or a blue tit i can't remember Although I will say my favorite is probably the blue-footed booby with boobies. Uh, yes. yeah, yeah. They're lovely. Um, we have a couple of shout-outs, and you probably don't want your name shouted out in this tit-filled episode, but too bad. Here it goes. <laughs> um, we have a shout-out for Dexter Patterson or at I am Dexter P on Twitter. We have another shout-out for Alex Holt or at Alex J. Holt on Twitter. We have another one. <laughs> For Petri Dish, um, which is at Dish Podcast, and another one for the Indie Pod Report, or at Indie Pod Report on Twitter. Um, and we have yet another one for Tony Scarrell, or Skrull. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing <laughs> your name, but tell me if I'm mispronouncing it wrong. Um, or at Tony Skrull. And one last a couple of last ones, sorry, for Sheila Chapman at Sheila Chapman and uh, Ruth Weaver uh, of Ruth's Portraits, who is at nature underscore girl underscore on Twitter. Thank you so much for checking out our show, for tweeting about us, for replying to us, for following us. We appreciate all of you very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, listeners, we love you. That was a long list. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Thanks, guys. Um, so in case you didn't realize, you can tweet at us at Flocktails Hour. You can check out our Instagram and Facebook also at Flocktail Hour. Um, Gmail, Flocktails Podcast at Gmail. And our website, flocktailhour.com. Yeah, dude. And all of our social medias are linked on our website. You can also listen to episodes on our website. And please check out our episode content because there's a lot. And Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. it really just complements the podcast well. Yeah, and Kristen spends a lot of time and effort (laughs) making it funny and great. It's amazing. You Uh, should check it out. I find it funny. I don't mm-hmm. know if other humans find it funny. I do. It's hilarious. I'm into it. It's amazing. It's great. Yeah. I try. It's amazing. Um, there's also a link to our merch yes. store on uh, our website. Uh, our merch store is on Threadless, and I think we are just at Flocktail Hour on Threadless, but go to our website, and that has a direct link. We have t-shirts. One is the Mayhem Chickadee, yes. which is the Mayhem black-capped chickadee, mm-hmm. um, which you can have as a shirt or a sticker. Um, there's also a wet-ass putu because oh. everyone's talking about that wet-ass putu. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we also have our um, Flacktails podcast logo. Um, on a shirt and then we have a new design which is our Havoc Dark Eyed Junko uh, which is burning down a house and in my brain that house belongs to the 1% fucking asshole rich people (laughs) but you can (laughs) it can be whoever's house you want it to be (laughs) as long as you don't burn their house down for real this Dark Eyed Junko can represent that we're not condoning arson (laughs) No, do not do arson. Don't do it. It's bad. Just the spirit of burning things down. We're into that. <laughs> like, maybe do a little mind castle thing in your mind. Like, do a little pretend. Cool, cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Kristen Brunk. I'm Maya Pershing. I'm Jen Schneiderman. And I'm Ashley Ola. 
Happy New Year, bitches. Yay. Everybody, everybody.